Good morning. Today is Saturday, the 30th of March, 2019. We are in the season of Lent. This is the daily office as read from a combination of the Episcopalian Book of Common Prayer and Enriching Our Worship, Supplemental Worship Materials for the Episcopal Church. I am your friendly host, Jaka. The normal disclaimer is that I am neither a theologian nor clergy or in any way an expert, which is part of what I think is so wonderful about the daily office is that it is primarily intended for ordinary worship, so to speak. Thank you all for being here and for joining your voices with mine. Our readings this morning are Psalms 87 and 90, Jeremiah 13, 1 through 11, Romans 6, 12 through 23, and our gospel is John 8, 47 through 59. We begin on page 76 of the Book of Common Prayer. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God to set forth his praise, to hear his holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship him, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by his infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. Our God is full of compassion and mercy. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise to the Lord a shout with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. Let us listen today to God's voice. Harden not your hearts, as your forebears did in the wilderness, at Meribah, and on that day at Massah, when they tempted me. They put me to the test, though they had seen my works. 
40 years long I detested that generation and said, These people are wayward in their hearts. They do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Our God is full of compassion and mercy. O come, let us worship. Today, if you would hear God's voice, harden not your hearts. Psalm 87 On the holy mount stands the city he founded. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of you, O city of God. Among those who know me I mention Rahab and Babylon, Philistia too, and Tyre with Ethiopia. This one was born there, they say. And of Zion it shall be said, This one and that one were born in it. For the Most High himself will establish it. The Lord records as he registers the peoples, This one was born there. Singers and dancers alike say, All my springs are in you. Psalm 90 Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting you are God. You turn us back to dust and say, Turn back, you mortals. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, or like a watch in the night. You sweep them away. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. For we are consumed by your anger. By your wrath we are overwhelmed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. For all our days pass away under your wrath. Our years come to an end like a sigh. The days of our life are seventy years, or perhaps eighty if we are strong. Even then, their span is only toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger? Your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. So teach us to count our days, that we may gain a wise heart. Turn, O Lord, how long? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love so that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad as many days as you, have as you have afflicted us, and as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be manifest to your servants, and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us, and prosper for us the work of our hands. O oh, prosper the work of our hands! Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Jeremiah, chapter 13, verses 1 through 11. Thus said the Lord to me, Go and buy yourself a linen loincloth, and put it on your loins, but do not dip it in water. So I bought a loincloth according to the word of the Lord, and put it on my loins. And the word of the Lord came to me a second time, saying, Take the loincloth that you bought and are wearing, and go now to the Euphrates, and hide it there in a cleft of the rock. So I went, and hid it by the Euphrates, as the Lord commanded me. 
And after many days the Lord said to me, Go now to the Euphrates, and take from there the loincloth that I commanded you to hide there. Then I went to the Euphrates, and dug, and I took the loincloth from the place where I had hidden it. But now the loincloth was ruined. It was good for nothing. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Thus says the Lord, Just so I will ruin the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. This evil people who refuse to hear my words, who stubbornly follow their own will and have gone after other gods to serve them and worship them, shall be like this loincloth, which is good for nothing. For as the loincloth clings to one's loins, so I made the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah cling to me, says the Lord, in order that they might be for me a people, a name, a praise, and a glory. But they would not listen. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle D, A Song of the Wilderness, found on page 32 of Enriching Our Worship 1. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weary hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to the anxious, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God coming with judgment to save you. Then shall the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf be unstopped. Then shall the lame leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. The ransomed of God shall return with singing and with everlasting joy upon their heads. Joy and gladness shall be theirs and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 23. Therefore, do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. No longer present your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought forth from death to life, and present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Should we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are the slaves of the one whom you obey? either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you, having once been slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the form of teaching to which you were entrusted, and that you, having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity, and to greater and greater iniquity, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness for sanctification. 
When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. So what advantage did you then get from the things of which you are now ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now that you have been freed from sin and enslaved to God, the advantage you get is sanctification. The end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle O, A Song of the Heavenly City, found on page 38 of, Enrich of Enriching Our Worship 1. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the God of surpassing, surpassing strength and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to light it, for the glory of God shines on it, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light the nations shall walk, and the rulers of the world lay their honor and glory there. Its gates shall never be shut by day, nor shall there be any night. Into it they will bring the honor and glory of nations. I saw the clean river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and from the Lamb. The tree of life spanned the river, giving fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of nations. All curses cease where the throne of God and the Lamb stands, and all servants give worship there, and they will see God's face, whose name shall be on their foreheads. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. John chapter 8, verses 47 through 59. Whoever is from God hears the word of God. The reason that you do not hear the word of God is that you are not from God. The Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Very truly I tell you, whoever keeps my word will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say, whoever keeps my word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died? The prophets also died. Who do you claim to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, he of whom you say, He is our God, though you do not know him. But I know him. If I would say that I do not know him, I would be like a liar to you, or I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your ancestor Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let us say together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit 
and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Almighty God, you know that we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves. Keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body, and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty and ever-living God, ruler of all things in heaven and earth, hear our prayers for this parish family. Strengthen the faithful, arouse the careless, and restore the penitent. Grant us all things necessary for our common life, and bring us all to be of one heart and mind within your holy church. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our only Savior, the Prince of Peace, give us grace seriously to lay to heart the great dangers we are in by our unhappy divisions. Take away all hatred and prejudice, and whatever else may hinder us from godly union and concord, that as there is but one body and one spirit, one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, so we may be all of one heart and of one soul, united in one holy bond of truth and peace, of faith and charity, and may with one mind and one mouth glorify thee, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we commend to your gracious care and keeping all the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad. Defend them day by day with your heavenly grace. 
Strengthen them in their trials and temptations. Give them courage to face the perils which beset them and grant them a, a sense of your abiding presence wherever they may be. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, you have blessed us with the joy and care of children. Give us calm strength and patient wisdom as we bring them up that we may teach them to love whatever is just and true and good, following the example of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God, you see your children growing up in an unsteady and confusing world. Show them that your ways give more life than the ways of the world, and that following you is better than chasing after selfish goals. Help them to take failure, not as a measure of their worth, but as a chance for a new start. Give them strength to hold their faith in you and to keep alive their joy in your creation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Look with mercy, O God, our Father, on all whose increasing years bring them weakness, distress, or isolation. Provide for them homes of dignity and peace. Give them understanding helpers and the willingness to accept help. And as their strength diminishes, increase their faith and their assurance of your love. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O God, whose motherly care reaches to the uttermost parts of the earth, we humbly beseech you graciously to behold and bless those whom we love, now absent from us. Defend them from all dangers of soul and body, and grant that both they and we, drawing nearer to you, may be bound together by your love in the communion of your Holy Spirit and in the fellowship of your saints through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O blessed Lord, you ministered to all who came to you. Look with compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. Remove from them the fears that beset them. Strengthen them in the work of their recovery. And to those who care for them, give patient understanding and persevering love. Amen. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, receive our supplications and prayers which we offer before you for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.
And now is the time when we have our personal prayers. Um, and I usually have a few words about our readings. I mentioned yesterday that I also, if I, if I have time, <laughs> usually pause and have a moment of silence or in, in my case, I, I try to have more than a moment, um, usually about 10. And I talked also about bracketing silence and preparing the space and opening the conduit to God and God alone. I'm going to pause and take that time now, and if you would like, do the same. If not, keep right on going, however you feel so moved. Hey folks, welcome back. Um, I want to first pray some prayers for all of us who, during this Lenten time, are not only reminded of our own mortality and the immense sacrifice of Jesus, but also of those that we have lost. Um, this is definitely a time of remembrance and lament as a service that's being held at my church in the near future calls it. And so during that time, let us allow ourselves the space to grieve and let there be deeper community with God and with each other and healing born through that grief. Let us not rush past the sorrow. Let us give ourselves space to lament. I would pray also for all of those who are facing trial, whether it be of their own making or a valley that they have simply found themselves in through no means of their own. No matter how we get to the place of the valley, we understand fully that you, God, are there with us and that you walk beside us. May we find comfort, healing, and hope in your presence. Amen. So looking at the readings, I found the Psalms today to be interesting I'm not exactly sure what to make of the fact that God registers the peoples so I lift that up and I ask for understanding there I'm always pleased when God mentions Rahab as someone who or the psalmist speaking for God mentions Rahab as someone who knows God because she was such an unlikely person and the fact that her story remains so pivotal to the story of Christ gives me hope. Um, I hope it does you as well. There is no, we want to put all these requirements of perfection on ourselves and on others in our faith communities and I believe that that anyone who is willing to cooperate from God with God can be an important person in our communal faith story. Psalm 90 um, 
spoke to, I actually, I wrote it in my prayer journal the other day, the sense of marking time. And you've heard me say before that God's time is not our time. And that's absolutely true. Um, it's that point is made again here. A thousand years in your sight or like yesterday when it is past or like a watch in the night. This time, this season of Lent, it will pass. And our time and God's time are, are not often the same. What seems close to God can seem far away or long to us. And I believe that in our prayer time, we enter into a liminal space with God where we're on the cusp of being synchronized with God's spirit and God's will. And I'm thankful that we maximize that time, that we're very intentional and I think focused during Lent. I think that for me at least, that is what verse 12 of Psalm 90, teach us to count our days so that we may gain a wise heart means. That's what it means to me in this season to be intentional with our time both our human sense of time and also the unknowable timing of God that we trust that in his time all things will be worked out to our own good. I am embracing this time of Lent, this time of lamenting and cleansing and growing and I pray for all of us that we may leave nothing on the table here, that we may reap all of the blessings and lessons and treasures from this season that God has for us. Amen. And I think verses 14 through 17 of Psalm 90 speak to that as well, that God redeems and restores all the days that we have been afflicted and I know the psalmist here speaks to God specifically afflicting us and and I I honestly think it's more that affliction comes to us and sometimes we're like God why did you let this happen why did you allow this affliction and there are so many reasons for that you know God doesn't get in the way of the free will that he gave us I, I don't think now is the time for that conversation I do think it's the time to focus on when we come into cooperation with God, for God to use all of our afflictions to our transformation and to God's glory and to his higher purpose, then all of that will be redeemed. Every, And not just one for one, not just one day of sorrow for one day of joy, but tenfold. And enough that eventually we will be able to find joy and peace even in the midst of the turmoil and the sorrow. And Lent is good practice for that. My wise son reminded me today that many things take practice. That a lot of a lot of this, especially in our modern day and age, the Lenten time of intentionality and contemplation and to a degree rest does not um, come easily or naturally to our human natures. And we all know that discernment takes time and practice, right? Both God's time and our time, since we're talking about time. May we all give ourselves that time and may God create a, help us to create that space. 
the rest of our readings today, many of them, at least what jumped out to me, um, spoke about the people not listening, God telling them in many different ways and through different people and events and metaphors, and they did not listen. And let's go to the specific spaces. So in Jeremiah 13, he uses the metaphor with the loincloth. And I think it's very interesting that Jeremiah goes and buries the loincloth, just like God says, even though he must have been like, why on earth am I doing this? And all just as an illustration to be passed down to us. So Jeremiah was obedient, but here the people are not. In verse 11, they would not listen. As the loincloth clings to one's loins, so I made the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah cling to me, says the Lord, in order that they might be for me a people, a name, a praise, and a glory. But they would not listen. I think it is the greatest form of, not to make light of it, but spiritual FOMO, right? I don't want to be a person who is not listening and thus misses the voice of God. And I think that the enemy knows that. And so the enemy being the great mimic also tries to speak into us. And because we're hopefully waiting, I think, especially during this time for the voice of God, then it's this whole other layer of stuff. Like, again, as my wise son says, it's hard enough to get to a space where we're open spiritually to hear and then to have to filter so that we hear only the voice of God and not the other voices thank God that Jesus took care of some of that or took care of all of that for us. Right. And again, it's, it's with practice that we learn to hear the voice of the shepherd and recognize it from all others, even the great mimic that can make the call that sounds just like the call of God. Right. Because something within us that is also of God should resonate when we hear the word of God. God is not. And in this case, there. In, in this one particular instance, I come into agreement with um, with the concept that there is that of God in, in us. I firmly believe that. That's a truth that I think I have known from before the time that I had memories. I used to, and I think I might have spoken about this before on the podcast as a child, imagine God, and this is probably partly due to my Quaker upbringing, which again, I'm so thankful for, but when I would imagine, because again, I'm a very visual person, what God looked like. To me, God was like this great ball of light and that our spirits, our souls were smaller pieces of that same light. And I think that even through a child's eyes, there is truth in that. There is that of God in us. God is everywhere. And the spirit in us that is kind of like it, not a piece hewn off of God, but a, a piece of God residing in us and reflecting God himself back, recognizes God. And so there is like a, a truest tone of the harmony that resonates within us when we hear the voice of God. And with practice, we come to recognize it. I like the analogy that a lot of the Ignatian school, Ignatian school of thought uses to distinguish the communication of the Holy Spirit or, um, as they might say, 
the divine inspirer from the evil spirit or the counter inspirer that the Holy Spirit knowledge that comes from the Holy Spirit has a quality to it that is and the description is like it's like water that falls on an absorbent surface like a sponge it's absorbed into it there's a a peace or a gentleness about it even when the awareness itself even when the knowledge um, could be really um, enlightening and eye-opening inspiration that comes from the counter inspire or the evil spirit or Satan is the feeling is like water hitting a rock or a hard surface. It's like this splat. And that is very helpful to me in, in discerning the two, because I do think it's very important that as we listen, as our readings say, we present ourselves to God is open and we do learn and it is difficult. Like that's not just, not just me. It's not just you. It is difficult for us to learn discernment and learn to hear God. Romans talks a bit about that. I think if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey. It reminds me of the at least it's attributed to the Native American mythology, the Native American myth about the two dogs, that we all have a good dog and a bad dog fighting inside us. And the one that wins is the one that we feed. And I, I think it's, this, it's a different analogy for the same thing here. Whoever we follow, that is where we're going to go. And so choosing to follow Christ, choosing to follow God, choosing to feed the good dog, however you put it, is following God, the only God, the divine inspirer. And we can tell that because of the fruit that the path that we're on, what that bears, if it goes to, and sometimes like, sometimes we're fooled and we go down the wrong path and we don't realize until we get to a place where we look around and we say, wow, I'm in a valley and where this took me is not a good place. It might've looked absolutely like a good place but that's not where as I walked further I ended up and the goodness and the graciousness of God is that when we repent which is turning back right we turn back to God and God gets us back on track and in the end all paths lead to God sometimes the detours that we take are long and painful but when we turn back to God and we repent God leads us where we need to go and as it says in Romans 6, 22, the advantage we get is sanctification and the end is eternal life. Our gospel reading this morning, I think, spoke along the same lines. The first verse, verse 47 of John 8 from our reading today, the first verse of our reading, whoever is from God hears the words of God. The reason that you do not hear them is that you are not from God. The way that I personally would interpret this voice is not that the Jewish people are not um, children of God, for they surely are, but they, um, it's, this is another way of saying, you're not listening, you're not attuned, you're not keyed in to hear my voice. 
you're listening to this other voice and there's no room or space for me. And Jesus goes on to try to explain that he knows God intimately. He is God. Abraham was an amazing prophet and a wonderful human, but he was a human. And before Abraham was even created, Jesus, as part of the Holy Trinity, was. He was and is and will be always the great I am. And perhaps that's one way that we discern as well. God is timeless. Humans are temporal. When we come to God, that is the way that we obtain eternal life is through Christ. So the way of Christ is love and eternal life. And the way of the enemy is death and the antithesis of love. I'm not really entirely sure how to wrap this up other than that I pray for all of us, especially in this season, that we turn to God and that we allow anything that has gotten us off on the wrong track, any detour, any distraction, any spiritual gunk that is clouding our view or distorting our hearing or making us tone deaf to the voice of God, that we come into cooperation with God to allow it to be stripped away and leave us cleansed and refreshed and made through Christ pure and holy and perfectly tuned to the voice of God. Amen. We're going to continue with the general thanksgiving found on page 101 of the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And, we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. 
We live without fear for our creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.